at the very beginning of this year in January, we launched our first collection of six tea bags. And we're super pumped about it because we're going to use those tea bags to reach a whole new audience of people that are intimidated by loose tea. So we took our six best blends in terms of the, you know, the most popular, the crowd pleasers, and we did some really innovative packaging. Our tea bag packaging is totally plastic free and it's like super eco and it's beautiful. Um, and that is what we were showing at the fancy food show. And so we're going to take that to grocery. We're going to take that to Amazon and we're going to use that to kind of build out a whole new customer segment that we don't have right now. That's, um, a little bit more casual. And so in a way that's what we're trying to do. Like our next stage of growth will be meeting people where they are. Welcome back to Winning at Work. It's season three, the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better, and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good for you, lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration. So you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes. Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge, pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. Well, welcome in, everybody. It's Tony from Winning at Work, and I've got Jennifer Lee with me today. Hey, Jennifer, how's it going? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I, we were kind of talking offline. I know a lot of people, they are consumers of, of caffeine. So how do you typically uh, take your caffeine? What's your preferred uh, <laughs> input method? Normally, I stick to coffee, but, you know, I feel like there's not – tea seems less accessible, I guess, where I am. People normally just do coffee, so that's normally what I stick to, yeah. You know, I've gone back and forth with, with coffee. I've got I've tea. Um, I've used sodas, but I'm totally off sodas. I don't – you know, I really don't want to go down, down that road. Um, and that's what was kind of interesting because we've just we've discovered a luxury tea brand, and I think you started sharing it with your sister. And uh, didn't you guys just kind of rush out and buy some uh, products here? Yes, my sister actually ordered um, a couple of the teas: uh, Breathless, 
There's a smoky banana one. She was telling me about a couple. Um, and I also took the, they have a, a quiz that I want to um, get into. But Kind of like discover like who you are, what's like the best. Yes. Yeah, like like yeah. find your tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was yeah. really cool. But I yeah. think I think that is important because when you get into something that's kind of nuanced, that has a lot of flavor, you know, people do need to learn and kind of discover a little bit more, you know, about it. So I am really pleased today. I have um, August Uncommon, a luxury tea brand here today. We have Aaron Shen and Gina. Gina, I don't think I'm going to say your last name right. Zupchik? No, I didn't say that right. Zupsich. Zupsich. So um, I'm getting better about not sticking my foot too too deep into my mouth. But that one, yes. We'll just... uh, Dr. Gina, we'll go with that today. Okay. You could call me Dr. Z. A lot of my students. Dr. Z. Dr. I Z. love it. Yeah. Sounds very, uh, it's almost science fiction. <laughs> um, well, we're real excited to have you guys here today. We really want to uncover more and kind of talk through, you know, your, your brand and kind of get an, an overview. Yes. Um, tell us about your brand. Gina, do you want to, do you want to go for it or should I start? I it's a hot potato. Who's going to take it? Who's going who's to who's gonna do it justice? Um, I'll start. Um, Aaron and I have always been creative people, always been foodies before foodie was a thing. And um, one of our fantasies, we're a married couple. And one of our fantasies when we were in on those bad work days was to say, what could we do if we if we had our own business? Well, what, what would we do? We knew it would have something to do with food or drink. And, um, one day I just got this really, I just got this idea to, to write a story about a fantasy tea room. And so I I wrote it. It was just a short story. I shared it with Aaron and he said, this is so cool. This is the business we should do. And I said, are you kidding me? I, I just, I know. I mean, this is just a story. I was in a very creative writing phase. And he said, no, I think this is really something we should, we should, we should work on it. So that was really the beginning of it. And that was Way back in 2013, I want to say we had just gotten married. If anyone has organized their own wedding and been their own wedding planners, they know it's hard. And we we were those people. So getting through our wedding made us realize that we could do a lot of hard things together and put on a, a big production and make things really nice. And um, so August, our company was born of this desire to create something beautiful, something that tasted great, and when we looked around what was happening um, where we were living in San Francisco at the time, we saw so much exciting energy in innovating food categories. Third wave coffee was just being born. Um, There was a great ice cream place called Humphrey Slocum. Jenny's ice cream is from Aaron's hometown, Columbus, Ohio. And we were seeing juices and we were seeing all sorts of exciting things happening. and, and, And we didn't see anything happening with tea. And both of us had had experiences in our previous careers. I was a French professor, so I lived in Paris for years. There's a really fantastic French brand that was very inspiring to me. And uh, and they did really great flavored, beautiful teas. Aaron was traveling a lot in Japan for work, and he saw a lot of tea culture in Japan, both traditional and what was being modernized in Japan um, at the time. And so we came home and we said, hey, there's just not really the tea here is not really that good. There were a lot of traditional teas that were being imported to San Francisco. Um, We had amazing Chinese and Taiwanese and Japanese teas. I have a friend who was a tea master 
and um, and we said, okay, tradition, traditional tea is on lock. Where's the mo- where's the modern flavor? Where's the innovation here? And it wasn't there. So that was really where we saw a huge opportunity, and that's how August came to be. And we finally we launched with with a very small group of teas. I think it was five teas, Aaron, in 2014. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds interesting because you're in the middle of a hotbed. And I think when you're around that those people and that kind of vibe in the city, you kind of feel like you have a license to get out there and try to disrupt, you know, and just make something new. And I didn't realize you had that creative writing background. So I think that probably plays into your uh, design, you know, with, with tea and infusing flavors, it all kind of comes together to give us that kind of that, that modern, uh, feel and, and vibe. Um, well tell us just, you know, Aaron, what, tell us, give us the overview really of your business model. How are you guys going to market? Well, we've been, we've been in market for eight years. And when we started out, uh, we, we, basically started out with direct to consumer because we were, we thought okay this is an easy thing to do we can just get a shopify store and and uh, you know kind of like basically hang out our digital shingle and let people know we exist um, and at the same time we also kind of wanted to try to be as um, you know to try to develop as many channels as possible out of the gate just to kind of test and so we also tried doing some very boutique food service, getting into like, you know, kind of the more adventurous modern restaurants that we could uh, connect with in Los Angeles. And we also did a little bit of retail, kind of trying to get into like, you know, like luxury gift and home goods stores and that sort of thing. And um, it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of kind of experimentation, kind of like, you know, pushing, you know, moving things along in each of these channels. And ultimately, the one that really clicked for us was the direct consumer. Um, and that was really fueled by getting our digital marketing figured out. And, you know, we had it actually took a few different teams working on our brand until we finally found people that kind of just really got it. And I think in 2018, after about like, you know, three, four years in market, we, uh, we started to experience really crazy growth from uh, really from Facebook and Instagram ads almost entirely. And of course, having, uh, you know, good email automations to kind of capture people and kind of re-engage them once they were either interested or already, you know, kind of customers of ours, um, and from there we grew, I think 14 X in two years. Um, you know, and that was, of course, like, you know, that led us through the crazy COVID bump that everybody had in 2020 <laughs> from, uh, you know, basically all of, uh, uh, from all, you know, everybody in direct consumer had a lot of growth in 2020 if, if they could get product. Um, and, uh, from there we've been now starting to kind of get more multi-channel again, and that's been driven by rising ad costs and declining efficiency because i mean of course who uses facebook anymore you know it's like not really the hottest place to hang out so um you know it's we're not st- and that's why i had jennifer here because i kind of wanted to figure out you know through you guys kind of where that is you know where it's trending what's what's working better yes um so do, would you say that um instagram is still just as effective as it was before or has the you know your marketing strategy just changed completely well, it's it's all kind of in, um, you know, we're, we're iterating a lot right now in terms of like where we put our energy and what's working and what's not working so well. And, and really, Facebook and Instagram is kind of all one 
beast from an advertising standpoint because it's all managed from the same back end. And um, kind of as a unit, it's not really performing for us right now. And the big reason is really about unit economics more than anything else. It's not that those ad platforms don't work. It's just that, you know, our average order value is, you know, not it's I mean, we're a tea company. There's only so much tea you can sell, sell to somebody in one order. So with our average order value, um, the cost per customer acquisition is high enough that on that first order, it's very hard to be profitable. Um, if we had, say, an apparel brand or a skincare brand or something like that, where we had like a, a average order value that's like you know four to five times larger than our average order value, it would probably still be a very viable channel. But because we're selling a very you know really an inexpensive product, um, it's it becomes a very expensive way to grow because you know if you're paying for every single customer acquisition and you're going negative on every customer acquisition, it, it'll yeah it'll just kill you. And the churn, the churn is what's so bad too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's how do you get that stickiness? How do you get them to keep coming back and filling their shopping cart with it on a regular basis? Exactly. And so retention is a huge part of what we're focusing on right now. And then we're also moving away from uh, from paid marketing on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we're also not running ads on TikTok currently, but we are investing more in organic, uh, basically like, you know, just posting from our own brand page. Um, and also, uh, doing more, um, basically creator seeding where we're giving free products to creators, uh, with no strings attached, just oh, sending them smart. product uh, and just giving giving people an opportunity to try stuff for free, not making a contract, not making like, you know, okay, you do this and I pay you this much. Um, and just using that to generate some visibility and some organic uh, kind of, you know, presence for the brand on different channels. Um, and then on the retention side, we're also doing a lot with um, with direct mail. Uh, I, I mean, like postcards, like actually sending people physical like mail. Like old school, old like you school. get something in the mail, like mm-hmm. tangible. Yeah, um, it, it's, as well as SMS. But, you know, the thing is, all of these digital channels are so saturated and people are kind of tired of being advertised to. And if you send somebody something physical, you're definitely going to get a little bit more attention from somebody than you'll necessarily get if you just send them another email. When I think about email and how we're going to get the attention of our highly engaged customers, I I have to imagine how overwhelmed I am when I open my own email. And I think to myself, what what do I care about? And just presenting more pro- like product drops is something that everybody seems to do. Sales are things that everyone seems to want to promote, and it's understandable. But I have to I, I go back to my position as a consumer, not to universalize my experience, but to say I'm pretty sure that most other people are in this position where they're like, ah, if I keep getting only sales or only this. I'm just not that interested. I want more. So some of the things that I have been doing have been actually non-sales oriented. I kind of call them my 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 like fireside chat emails where I just talk about flavor and the things that I'm into and uh, and and issues that come up like I did something about mental health awareness day because that's something I'm really passionate about and um and and I I I really love having that connection with our customers which is something that I think is very special to having a D2C company. I think you're right. I think this concept of your only marketing, your only messaging, trying to just sell something is you're just going to get uh, spammed. You're just going to get trashed. They're going to just unsubscribe. Um, do you have some other ways that you're reaching out, uh, Aaron, other things that you're doing to kind of break that model? 
Yeah. Um, well, one thing that we're really thinking a lot about right now is how we can cultivate community among our customers and community around the brand. And so oh, one of the things that I'm, I'm like all ears on that. I mean, that is like literally Jennifer and I have this conversation all the time. How do you yeah. build community? So, well, so, so the way we're doing it right now is that we started and <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going back on what I was saying earlier about Facebook. Um, but one of the last kind of frontiers in Facebook for, for actually having kind of a really positive experience is Facebook groups. And so we started a face, a private Facebook group for the brand and started by kind of inviting all of our most engaged customers to join up. And it very quickly turned into a like really nice little comfortable hangout. And the, the thing about email is it's very, even though it is a two way medium inherently, a lot of marketers use it as a one way medium where it's like, here, I'm blasting you my sale, I'm blasting you my product drop. And, you know, a lot of these, and, uh, you know, so much email is totally automated. And a lot of it is even do not reply kind of email. And so we're one of the things that we wanted to do by creating this Facebook group was to create a space where people can talk back to us and also where they can talk to each other. And so um, that has been a really positive experience where, you know, people are kind of sharing their thoughts about, you know, what teas they like and how they like to enjoy them and what they have and haven't tried yet. And, you know, even stuff from like other brands and, you know, like it's just a like it pairs well with this. And have right. you tried that? And, totally. Yeah. Like and a pollination of other ideas. Exactly. And it's 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 now at about a thousand members. And, um, you know, it's we're trying to continue to kind of like usher people in there because, it's uh, it's such a it's such a positive environment, and it's just about what we're about. It's about enjoying enjoying tea and spending time together, and you know, it's like it's it's a really it's a really delightful place. So don't so, mention coffee; you get booted out, right? Is that no. one of the rules? Uh, three <laughs> no, strikes. He mentioned coffee; get him out. We, we, like that's <laughs> totally like a side conversation, but we are um, we're we're not we're not fighting that war, and we actually have two teas with coffee in them. Um, so. Three teas with coffee in them. Thank you, Gina. Um, so, like, we're we, we're we're very much a you don't have to choose, you don't have to take sides type of brand here. Because I mean, I'm a person that starts every day with a cup of coffee for the most part, and then I drink tea all day after that. And so, you know, I'm like, well, just take take what you want. Like, we're we're here to make people happy and kind of you know help them enjoy right. life. <laughs> just have them have part of what they do with you. Are, are you doing anything, Gina, with um, live streams or any kind of videos um, in that Facebook group? That we, That's something Aaron and I have done. We've done video recordings. Like what the first post that we ever made was a video recording of us so that we could really have that in-person experience. Live stream is something we'd love to do. It's challenging being the founders and also wearing all of the hats that we do. Um, but it's, it's definitely something we've done before with other brands that were smaller brands. Um, and I was just thinking yesterday, you just read my mind. I was just thinking about how I wanted to do that because there, I do think that there is so much desire for that connection. And even though I'm sure everyone at this point is, is tired of the zooms and virtual, there's a place for that when you've got people all over a country, all over the world who all can come together in this, in this moment, um, uh, but in the meantime, there's another thing that Aaron and I do just for Valentine's Day. Uh, instead of having a sale, I said, let's do what, what, what we love. And one of the things that we've been doing for years now is to share our passion for music, which also really um, influences our brand strongly. Literature is there, art is there, but music is something 
that has inspired a lot of the, the tea blends and names that we have. So we thought, why don't we just go ahead and share this part of our culture as a brand? And for Valentine's Day, Aaron and I, being a married couple, we we have we have an, a, some genres that we love, and so we made this romantic <clears throat> '90s kind of R and B playlist, and we sent that out to our to our customers. Oh wow! Just saying, hey, that's a clever like. This is what we love to listen to. Yeah, it's like our way. vibe. It's like vibe and culture. Yeah, yeah. great way was, to connect. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't even drop, we could have, we could have dropped some of the the more um, romantic tea names that we have. I saw other tea brands doing that and I thought that's that's fine for them. But we always, we always want to do something that's very much us and we happen to be people who are kind of disruptive. Um, we just do our own thing. I, I will say though, the live streaming is hot and um, there's a, I've got a brand coming on. I don't know when he's scheduled, but the short story was that there, with the pandemic, everything that happened, everything had to change with their whole business model. And they tapped into doing some live streaming and they, they're in the food business. They do um, experiential with uh, a, a chef, for example, right? You can go into a live stream and join a chef and cook a meal. And, you know, the, the topic is going to be really how to do a live stream really well. So I think there is something to, you know, doing one and then knowing how to do it well, how to make it engaging, but you've already got the elements of it though, because you've already got the music, right? You've done, I've seen a lot of your things online where you're told everybody how to make the Negroni, you know, you did the, you cut the, you cut the orange, you got the zest and the extra, you know, so you could really just experience, you can almost taste that orange the way you were showing it. And I think the live stream is a great way with food to connect people to their food. Because I know there's a lot of products out there that people don't know how to make. And Jennifer, you said at the top, you kind of felt it was not accessible. So you kind of, you're that genre that kind of needs to learn, that age group that needs to learn, here's how you make it. Here's how you, here's the steeping process, right? It's not a bag. Yes. You're not and throwing I the old Lipton bag in the, <laughs> in, in the thing. I thought it was great that they had um, uh a personalized quiz that you can take. I've never seen something like this before either. I took the quiz and I thought that it definitely opened me up more to venturing into teas. And even if, you know, if you're strictly coffee, the fact that you have coffee mixed with tea, um, I think is really great. It's like a crossover. Yes. Yeah, something for everyone. So yeah, the quiz was, um, this was another thing where we were like, you know, we were part of a lot of marketing groups online and, um, I had been hearing a lot about how quizzes have been really helpful in helping, uh, helping kind of, you know, people who are new to your brand navigate your products without having to kind of like, without having to think really. Um, and you know, in a way when you're an e-commerce retailer, the way you design your navigation is kind of how you show people to shop your store. And the less effort someone needs to find what they're looking for, the better. Um, but part of how we built our brand and how we built our products is that we're trying to make unexpected products. We're trying to make things that people have never tried before and um, that are surprising and delightful. But we realize that that takes cognitive effort because people are going to have to actually read descriptions and actually think about, is this something I like? Am I going to enjoy this? And we have about 36 teas. 
so that's a lot to digest if you're going to you know make a purchase decision. So the analysis paralysis that you're trying to eliminate. Absolutely, like. absolutely. So we just ask people a really small number of questions, like um, you know very like the really important things to kind of establish guardrails, like you know what what like do you have uh, do you have a caffeine preference? Are you like a no caffeine person, a little caffeine, a lot of caffeine? Um, what kind of flavors do you like, like strictly traditional things that are a little wild, or do you want like the full on weird stuff? Um, <laughs> is that a question? Do you want the full on weird stuff? It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's cause you know, people have, uh, you know, we actually have kind of that range of stuff. We have some fairly traditional leaning teas and some that are straight up crazy and, um, you know, that are really quite experimental. And so, you know, we want to kind of get people's uh, tolerance for that weirdness and show them stuff that they're likely to enjoy. And then another one is like, you know, when do you drink tea? Are you like an evening person, an all day long person, a breakfast person? And so we kind of made a, a, a matrix, if you will, of all of these choices and then uh, came up with some recommendations for each type of taste and use occasion and, that's kind of how we built it. And we use this tool called Octane AI um, that kind of integrates with our Shopify store. And that was how we were able to build the quiz. It really only took, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe like less than a week from start to finish to get that deployed. And uh, it's been it's been good. It's a very cool tool. I think that's great because you're really educating. And that's something that Jennifer and I, we, we kind of struggle with when we see some brands. We know they're trying to educate people to what they do. It's very difficult. It's difficult for us. You know, we created something a little bit different too and disruptive. And it's like, it's you spend so much time just trying to explain what it is you're doing. You lose them when they're trying to figure it out, like they're having to think. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of love that. I don't think that works for us, the, the, the quiz idea of it. But I gosh, I really do like that. What would you say, Gina, have been some of just the, the biggest challenge is um, getting back into these other channels. I know you've got your DTC kind of dialed in with, with Shopify. Um, what's happening in, in retail? What's happening in the world of, of food service? Can you talk through buyers' yes. uh, receptivity these days? <laughs> yes, there are. Um, I think I think there's a there's there are a lot more gatekeepers um, when we get into other channels which is why we were able to grow um, as bootstrapped and as responsibly. I like to think of it of, of positively. We, we, grew, we grew responsibly. And D2C was really wonderful for that. Um, the gatekeepers, so right now we're working through retail, um, uh, packaged goods, that channel, and grocery. And it's a very traditional channel. So we have to, we have to create those re- connections with distributors, with brokers. We have to figure out how we want to in- engage with people who do food boxes or food um, food buying things that may, or, may be digital, maybe in person or both. Um, it's, it's kind of like going back to the future <laughs> in a way, because we, I am very much an in-person kind of person. And so I have been, I have been spearheading the food service, the connections with people. We recently went to the fancy food show in Las Vegas, which was right, right. Thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. That'd be um, perfect for you guys with all your weird teas. Like, here yeah, we are. Yes, exactly. Uh, one of the things that we are flirting with doing soon, we will do um, sooner rather, well, hopefully sooner rather than later, but um, is the Specialty Coffee Association because we we really are <clears throat> the tea brand that sells coffee lovers teas. 
And that's something that I would like for us to get more, um, more, a, a wider audience for. I get that. I actually understand what you're saying because when I do tea, I look for things that are closer to coffee. Right. I totally, I instantly understood what you meant when you said that. Um, I noticed you did have something cool on your website. It was called the Tea Adventure Box. Yes. What is that like a, a surprise box? What is that? <laughs> In a way, these are, um, this is a box that is, is designed to be a gift or a, a one-time box uh, or a gift subscription and it's thematic. So we have 12 boxes, one per month. And each box has three specially selected teas around a theme. So you can imagine that the February box was the Valentine's romantic theme. This is, this is called the kiss box. Um, and we have some fun ones in the summer that are like smoke and that comes out in July for the 4th of July. And so we, we have a lot of great smoky teas. Uh, we have the May, May box, I believe is the flower theme because spring flowers are in season. Um, and it comes with a beautiful tasting notebook where you can record your experiences. It comes with, um, a glass, a beautiful glass mug and an infuser. And so it's everything that you need to have a tea adventure, which could be then customized either just one month, one box that's on a theme, or you can do three months or six months, I believe. Um, and it's, and it's a, it's a, it's a discovery path that is passive. So you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in this. I want to know more about this brand. You can do that. Um, and it, and it draws it out. It gives you something to look forward to and it gives you time to digest those teas. No pun intended, but there it is. Oh, we do puns. <laughs> I do. I have lots of horrible puns. They're horrible. <laughs> I even write some of them down. They're so bad. Cause I'm going to, I don't have any today. I don't think. <laughs> I'd love to I see that list. Yeah. Well, they, they just, it's, it's my, it's my gift. It's my gift of the world. It's the dad jokes. What would you say? Uh, Aaron, some of your key learnings at this point through the growth model, the group through the growth stages, what's your kind of advice to other entrepreneurs at this point? My, yeah. My first reaction when you asked me that was, wow, that's, that's a, uh, that's a lot to distill, but uh, I'm going to make, I'm going to, yeah, I asked you right at it. the end. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, so probably I'm, I'm going to give you two or three things. The first one is be obsessed with your customers. And, you know, I think we've, we've heard this a million times, but it's always true. Your customer's desire and the, the way that you kind of alleviate their pain in the world and the things that you help them with and understanding the friction, that is what's going to ultimately fuel you. Because if ultimately, if people don't love what you're doing and they don't really care for it all that much, like you've, you've got nothing to work with. So that, and that is the, the one thing that, that is kind of like, it can't really be engineered people's desire. It's going to be there. It's going to be not there. And you've got to, you've got to constantly be kind of coaxing it and helping it to thrive. Um, the other thing is, uh, make if, you know, especially if you're a product person like me, uh, get in there and understand your, your unit economics as deeply as possible, as early as possible, because, uh, there's, you know, definitely a lot of missteps you can make if you're not watching your numbers really tightly. Um, and the other thing that I think is something that I'm learning every single day is to keep your focus and avoid shiny object syndrome. Oh gosh. <laughs> because I'm like is... a, a, like a golden retriever, you know, there's another <laughs> ball. 
And it's, it's also, you know, you tend to, uh, you know, think that, oh, just over this hill, there's going to be this amazing thing that changes our business forever. And that can be true, but it's also really critical to kind of stick to your fundamentals and to treat those, uh, to treat those kind of, I guess, excursions into other channels and other product categories as things that are like nice to have and not necessarily, uh, you know, things that are essential. So what about, um, I guess I, one of the questions that kind of came to me, I, more of a statement, I'm kind of impressed that you guys work together (laughs) and you haven't killed each other. Yeah. How does that work? Um, Aaron and I have been a couple for a long time. We are celebrating our 21st year as a couple this spring. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so we've been through a lot. Um, And it has not been easy. No, but Aaron and I are both people who like to do hard things. We love, we love a challenge that is the shiniest object for us. So we, we, we are really, we, we like to think about things creatively. We are also really persistent and we want what we want. Um, so that that helps us to work through some of the problems that we have because we have personal problems that come into our professional life. We also have professional problems that come into our personal life. And I think having the boundaries of an office, a physical space, also having those business hours and saying, okay, now we're, we're, it's, we're cut off and it, and it, we, it's hard because there's always going to be going to dinner tonight. We're going out. We're going to go to the movie. Yes. We are going to dinner tonight and it will be, Oh, good. It will be it will be forbidden to discuss anything. We're not going to we'll, talk about. Mm-hmm. I should have said that on the podcast. <laughs> Gosh, but this is great. We're getting it all out now, right now. Exactly, exactly. Um, Jennifer, I know you spent some time going through their social. Was, was there anything that kind of stood out to you that you wanted to learn here before we go? Because I know that's that's an area of high interest to you. I loved the socials. I can tell uh, that you know you guys really work hard to create really good content. Is there a specific, are there certain um, strategies that you would share that you've come to learn that, you know, one way works better than another or how you guys started venturing into uploading um, recipes? Sure. Um, So I think there are, so like from a kind of content strategy perspective, we're just thinking, okay, what what, how can we help people? What are the ways in which we can tell, like share, share what we know that not necessarily everybody else knows and make it fun at the same time. Um, and so, you know, in our case, that comes in terms of like, you know, kind of more instructional stuff in terms of like, you know, here are like, like maybe you don't know how much temperature influences the flavor of green tea or, or something like that. Um, and that also might be like making tea cocktails or how to make a really delicious latte. So there's a lot of that how-to content um, as well as kind of like, you know, product stuff, of course, like every brand would have. But one thing I will definitely say is that we overdo the production quality all the time. And, like, <laughs> and this is this is kind of uh, an an artifact, I guess, or a habit of mine that comes from the time and place that I kind of like learned how to do, you know, production. And, you know, I come from a background where everything had to be really polished and really beautiful. And if you didn't do that, that was a huge problem. 
And now, in a way, that's kind of a problem for me currently because it means that we're not publishing enough stuff. And, you know, all of these platforms, the, your engagement thrives on the frequency of your posting. And actually, you know, as everybody kind of gets more and more shifted away from the kind of polished approach of Instagram and to the more casual and real approach of TikTok, you know, we have to learn, we have to learn to, and adapt to be more off the cuff and more casual about what we're sharing with people. Because in a way, I think a lot of people want that raw, you know, human kind of content rather than stuff that's like super produced and kind of flashy and you know like a blooper reel like i just spilled this tea yeah no i mean it's honestly like i'm kind of like just leave it leave it in leave it leave the mistakes in because it it does humanize you and you know we're we're not a huge company we're not you know a nestle brand you know we're a team of like nine people on a good day and we're like, you know, just kind of doing this in a small facility here in Southern California. And like, it, there's no reason for us to pretend to be some multinational and like look like one. We should just look like the real people that we are. And I think that that'll create a lot more connection than being, you know, than kind of like being trying to be like a faceless kind of you know, huge corporate uh, entity on social. Yeah, I think that I think uh, something that a lot of people and businesses when they start up they try and wait until it's perfect to you know put it out and even with the work that I do I've learned that you can't if you wait until it's perfect it's never going to get out and totally so I think that's a great, yeah totally yeah well, and I also force them the uh, philosophy on everyone here act learn adjust so you know just get moving. Just get moving and, and, and get it out there. That's well, great. I know we're kind of running a little short on, on time now. Um, I want to make sure people understand or know the best ways to, to find you guys. Um, how would you recommend people reach out, find you, maybe mention the Facebook group if if, if that's uh, if that makes sense to you? Sure. Um, so we're on the web at august.la. And yeah, for us, that's just like dot Los Angeles, even though it's actually Latvia. Um, we're on socials at August Uncommon, and uh, we're pretty active on Instagram and uh, TikTok, but you can find us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, and the Facebook group is called August Tea Family, and it's it's publicly findable. So, you know, if you're just interested in tea and you want to kind of check out the community, like you can you can ask to join. And, you know, as long as you agree to the rules, you're uh, you're in. So, um, but you know, the, probably the, the best place to check us out is at august.la on the web or at August Uncommon on socials. That's awesome. It's been great to have everyone down here and to discover this luxury tea brand and um, maybe get out there and check out that um, tea adventure box. That sounds kind of cool. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, guys. Thank you.